0: Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. It's a phone that controls so much of our life. But what if we approached the Bible the way that we approach our phone? What if we valued the Bible the way that we value our our phone? What if, you know, the next time you leave your house and you look down next to you in the seat and you don't see a Bible there, you do what you do would do if it was your phone. It's a oh, ah, turn around, get back to your house as fast as you can because the last thing you're gonna do is leave that Bible there. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Worship, prayer, reading your Bible, serving others, and attending church regularly are all practices that we as followers of Christ strive to incorporate into our daily lives. It is through building habits like these that we are able to stay firm in our faith, trust in God, and live the life that He calls us to live. These habits will help us cast aside anxieties of this world so that we might experience more of the peace of heaven. In this series entitled Holy Habits, We'll focus on developing these holy habits for our lives so that we might have a deeper connection with God. Please enjoy the message. Uh, and today, we're going to be talking about reading the Bible. And uh, out in the lobby, I'm going to go ahead and point this toward Jeanette too, to you now, is that we've got some resources that are going to be avail- made available to you. I um, would definitely encourage you to take advantage of those. But having said all of that, um, again, we're going to have this time of offering. And one of the things that your offerings help to do at Valley View Christian Church is it helps support uh, partially the radio ministry that we have here at Valley View Christian Church. And so how many of you have heard us on 94.7 FM? Yes, yeah, some of you have, have checked this out before. Uh, and so we've got a podcast that's connected with that called Hope for the Day as well that's available to you. But on Monday through Thursday is our radio show at 1 p.m. And then uh, Monday through Friday at 10.30 p.m. is the radio show. And it, again, your gifts help, to help us to be able to get God's God's truth out uh, into our city and really out into the world and this is a world that really needs God's truth we need God's word and so we are uh, as a church we are committed to doing that as much as that, as much as we possibly can and one of the ways that we're doing that is through this hope for the day radio broadcast uh, just a couple weeks ago well it was maybe a little bit over a month ago we had an instance in which um, the the radio station the company that supports them they were transitioning softwares and so our show actually went off air for two days. And uh, now the peop- the producer there was nice enough to call us, let us know about it, and he said he would fully refund us uh, for those days that we weren't on the radio. So all that worked out. But as he was telling us what had happened, he also went on to say, he said, you won't believe this. Uh, He said, maybe you will. But he said, we we haven't received a response like this before. But we had uh, multiple people immediately call into our show as they were uh, calling to the radio station as they were expecting your show to be on the radio at 1 p.m. And it wasn't. And so then they're wanting to know, is the church okay? Is everything okay with the program? And he said, now, we obviously explained to them that it was an issue with the software. There was a glitch on our end. It was. On anything to do with the church, but they were just reiterating how much of a blessing this show has been um, to them and and it has been to others. And we've received emails about that and uh, different communication from a variety of people all all around, really, even over the country, about how well that's going and and the blessing that's been. So, Again, thank you for allowing our church to do that because it is an outreach to our community as we have connected with engaged people and we have people attending because of it. But it's also just a blessing to our community as it's getting, again, getting God's word out into uh, a city and into the world that really desperately needs it. And so thank you for that. And, and so with all that being said, um, we wanna invite our hosts to come forward. And if you would like to make an in-person gift, they would be happy to receive that from you. Um, and we sure are appreciative of those of you that do that. And I know many of you go on online and you make gifts. And so thank you so much for giving online and, and you have a reoccurring gift there. And, and it is those contributions that help us to be able to to provide very affordable things for, for our families, but then also just to have this great opportunity to, to be a blessing um, to our community and in and, and really the world. So thank you for your gifts. And, and if that's something that you'd like to partner with us in, you can go online. It's just a few uh, clicks away, and you, and you and you can make a contribution that way. So, with that, with all of that being said, I, I got a bit of a thing I want to tell you. Um, this past, as we get into the sermon, this past week, I became more familiar um, with submersible submarines than I have ever in my entire life. I, I don't know if is something that you can relate to, but. <laughs> It was interesting, just a week ago, we were sort of captivated by the news, at least the news was very captivated by the Titan submersible submarine-ish thing that was tracking down to the Titanic, and about an hour and a half into that journey, it the communication just broke. And we were led to believe, through just what, the news that we were catching, that it was like this really, really bad horror film, like worst case scenario if you're claustrophobic, Five people on the bottom of the ocean just pounding on the walls, hoping to catch a radar somewhere so they would know where to search for them. Maybe they were on the surface of the water even too because there was only a way to get in from the outside, which makes no sense, but whatever. At any rate, they, they, we were thought that they maybe were at the bottom of the ocean, maybe at the top of the ocean. We weren't exactly sure. And then, unfortunately, news came out Maybe in a really sad, odd way, fortunately, uh, we came to find out that there was actually an implosion that took place, that that the submersible couldn't handle the pressure that was coming down upon it, And, and unfortunately, like a Coke can, it just crushed. And with that, instantaneously, within two nanoseconds, the people within it's lives were lost. So it a terrible, terrible situation. And now, as you, if you do a little bit more reading about it, you come to find that there's a, there was a lot of concerns about this Titan submersible that, that was going to visit the Titanic just for a very small price of 250000 You could have been on there. No. But we find out there were all these concerns about this submersible. That the, the lighting system that was inside of it was purchased from like a, a camping store. And the, the cameras on the outside of it were similar to the ones that we might have on our home security system. And then the, the way they controlled and directed it with the, the propulsions that were, was with a video game controller that cost about $30. And this was something they were proud of. And then most tragically, the one thing that they were most dependent on, as they depended on those other things, but the thing they were most dependent on was this, this carbon fiber submersible material that was, that was utilized to take them, that over the period of several um, excursions that it went on began to become more and more compromised, eventually to the point where when it encountered the pressure the equivalent of what somebody described as the weight of the Eiffel Tower weighing down on you. When it experienced that pressure, it couldn't handle it. And, it. and obviously it imploded. Now I wanna string that out a little bit for us. In life, we deal with a lot of pressure. And some of you are maybe even feeling that pressure right now. And, and it varies in degrees. There can be a pressure that you deal with of trying to meet a deadline. Or just trying to get to a meeting on time. Or maybe it's the pressure of just trying to make your spouse happy. We're kind of ratcheting it up there a little bit with that one. Trying to make your husband happy, your, ha- your wife happy, trying to keep them in a good place. Or it's the pressure of trying to raise your child upright in the Lord. Or maybe it's the pressure of just trying to follow the Lord. And you're wanting to have enough faith to follow the Lord and, and to be aligned with his will and his purposes. It's the pressure of trying to handle your emotions and to not have that breakdown. And so you're battling this, this, this pressure that's all around you. Maybe it's to pay your bills, to make sure that you have a home to live in, to make sure that you can provide for the ones that you love. Maybe just to provide for the employees that you have that work for you. And as we handle this pressure, as this pressure comes at us, we can handle it to a certain extent. But there's things that we depend on to get us through. Sometimes those things that we depend on as that pressure comes upon us are good. A lot of times they aren't. And we turn to maybe some unhealthy habits. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope that this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we'd love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. Do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed at a local church. Because it's here that we met Jesus and he changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. when that pressure comes upon you, maybe you have this tendency that's triggered to immediately turn to alcohol. I was watching this show just the other day, and as I was watching this show, the, the, person, the main character goes through a really hard day. At the end of the day, he's sitting down with this friend of his, and, and who's a female, and she says, do you want to talk about it? And he says, no, that's why I'm doing this, and he takes a shot of, of some type of whiskey. And we get that, unfortunately. We try to medicate the pressure that we're dealing with with these very unhealthy habits. Or maybe it's pornography, sadly. It's a thing that's rampant. It's a thing that people are addicted to. It's this thing that people just run to whenever they begin to feel some pressure of life. Maybe it's working a few more hours in the office, or maybe it's like an unhealthy diet, and whenever that pressure comes on you, you just have to run to maybe a big tub of ice cream or a big bowl of cereal, and you just have this habit of of medicating this pressure that you're dealing with. Now, here's the thing. You can get by for a little while with some of that stuff. It it can seemingly, in the short run, not have any major ramifications, negative ramifications on your life. But eventually, what we got to realize is we're deteriorating, just like that carbon fiber. And there comes a point at which that pressure hits us in just the right way, at just the right time, and there's an implosion. What we are doing over these next four weeks is we are wanting to move away from these unhealthy habits to holy habits, That when the pressures come upon us in life, that we're not going to turn to something unhealthy. That's going to be a trigger to turn to something healthy. And specifically today, what we're going to be turning to is the Bible. And we're going to talk about the importance and the significance and how it is that we can read the Bible. And how helpful this is for us. Because here's the thing, I know. Maybe you're like me, and you just want a little more peace in life. You just want to have a little bit more of a, of a sense of ease about the things that you're doing. You don't want to be thinking about the things that you're not doing or you haven't been able to get to or, or whatever it is that you've got going on in your life. I know what I have to have in my life. You just want that peace. You want that self-control. You want that joy. You know where we often turn whenever we're seeking those things? Right here. A phone. It's a phone that controls so much of our life. But what if we approached the Bible the way that we approach our phone? What if we valued the Bible the way that we value our, our phone? What if, you know, the next time you leave your house and you look down next to you in a seat and you don't see a Bible there, you do what you do would do if it was your phone. It's a, oh, ah, turn around, get back to your house as fast as you can because the last thing you're gonna do is leave that Bible there. What if whenever you looked At the Bible you looked at it like your phone and you were looking for a message you might ask for a message from who you know who if you read your Bible you know who has got a message for you you know what else is amazing about the Bible is that you don't get disconnected from it like you do the phone you know what else is also amazing is the Bible doesn't send you a monthly bill (laughs) it's already been paid in full right yeah what if we approach the Bible like we do our phone? You know, you're going to spend more time, I will spend more time on my phone in a day than I probably will in the Bible in a month. And that is very convicting for all of us because I think we can all relate to that. But this, this isn't giving you peace and love and joy, this is giving you anxiety. The phone is giving you, uh, again, stress. The phone is giving you more pressure. And you've got this resource available. We have this resource available to us that's willing and able to take all of that away. But we have to read it. And so the question is, how do we read it? Well, I've taught this kind of a sermon several times before. And today I'm gonna teach it in a way that's, that's different than I've ever, any way I've ever taught it before. But I will say this, that at least I can say this for me. It was the most compelling way that I've ever tried to teach and write and study how it is that we need to read the Bible. And in my opinion, this is the most helpful way that I've ever taught this, this particular subject. And so I'm excited that you're here today. And my hope, my goal is that when you leave here, you will have more of a desire. And then you will actually follow up on that desire and will read your Bible. But again, how do we do that? Well, there's five ways on how to read your Bible. And the goal is to get you to do all five. And really, as you look at them, you realize that in the course of your faith growing, these five things gradually progress through our maturity. The first way that we read the Bible is the story-focused approach. The story-focused approach. And this is what we try to do with your kids, that whenever they're very young, we want them to just understand the stories of the Bible. We want them to get familiar with them. We may try to teach some layers of lessons with the stories, but generally we just want them to know the stories of the Bible, especially as they are kindergarten or below. And so whenever somebody like me says something about Abraham, you know that story because you've read your Bible and you're thinking, okay, that's in Genesis. That's in the first third of Genesis. I can go find that story. Or if somebody mentioned something about Moses, you're thinking, okay, that's not in Genesis, because at the end of Genesis is the life of Joseph, that's in Exodus, that's at the beginning of Exodus. So you're starting to connect these dots. And then you're like, okay, Joshua, where's his story? Oh yeah, well, it's in the book of Joshua. That, that, one's, that one's an easy one, okay? But, but you, you, you get what I'm saying now. And then you learn the stories in the New Testament about Jesus, the best place to learn the stories of Jesus is just read the Gospel of Mark, because it's just stories. Now, in Matthew, in John, you'll get, in in Luke, you'll get more teachings. You get the Sermon on the Mount. We'll get to that in a moment. Those are important. But if you just wanna learn the stories, go to the Gospel of Mark. You wanna learn how the church started? You wanna know why you're here right now? Read the book of Acts. You got the first 10, 11 chapters mainly about Peter. The rest of the book is mainly about the Apostle Paul. But we gotta learn the stories of the Bible. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. I hope that this message has been an encouragement to you. I know that it has been to others. You see, it is through the generous contributions of people like you that this ministry can thrive and get God's truth out into the world. I recently received a card from someone who said, Thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. They are encouraging and refreshing as we get the opportunity to hear biblically-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. And that is just one of several notes that we have received of those who appreciate the teaching here at Hope for the Day. Here's one story in particular I'll share with you. It's way back in the Old Testament. It's about the Israelites whenever they were considering going to conquer the land of Canaan, the promised land, the land that God said, it is yours. And so Moses sends out 12 spies to do some reconnaissance to figure out if they can take it. They all come back. Ten of them go to Moses and they say, Moses, this land is exactly what you said it was going to be. Actually, it's better than what you said. And here's even some fruit. But there's some people there they're really big and they're they're strong and they've got tattoos and they've got piercings. I'm kidding I didn't say that (laughs) we love tattoos lots of tattoos around here okay but you know what I'm saying they're saying that this is the these are the kind of people that we don't want to take on and then there were two of them Caleb and Joshua who believed that they could actually do it they believed that God would fulfill the promise that he had promised them this is what it says in Numbers verse 27 starting. This is what they reported to Moses. We went to the land where you sent us. It really is a land flowing with milk and honey. And here's some fruit. But the people who live there are strong. The cities have walls and are very large. In other words, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be uh, just something that's just given to us. What's going on with this, Moses? And then Caleb speak up. He said, be quiet. Listen to Moses. Let's go now and take possession of the land. We should, be, we should be more than able to conquer it. Caleb says that because he believes God's promises. He's not going to doubt what the Lord has to say to him. He is going to, he knows through the experiences and the talents of, of this group and what it is that God has promised them. This can happen. They just have to move forward in faith. Now, the reason this is significant is because those 10 people did not have faith, God left them in the desert for 40 years, and that whole generation passes away. And as that generation passes away, then a new generation is raised up, and those people are willing to go into the land, the promised land, and to finally take it. You want to know the story so you can connect the dots of how the people of Israel ended up in the promised land. And if you ever go on a trip to Jerusalem, you're like, why is this place so important? Well, it kind of comes back to that part of that story. That story is a part of them getting into that land. The second way to read the Bible is this, is the inspirationally focused approach. This is when you are going to the Bible and you're looking for something to give you a little more pep in your step. You're looking for something that's gonna, gonna lift you up a little bit. You're looking for a verse that, that's gonna offer you something that you really need. You may not be down and out necessarily, but you're looking for that coffee mug verse, that bumper sticker verse, right? That's the inspirationally approached approach of the Bible. And that that is often those verses are often outside of a specific story. You know, so for for an example, for example, if you're looking to uh, try to persevere through something. Philippians chapter four, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The next time your kids got you stressed out, you may think about Philippians chapter four, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Next time you're dealing with temptation. Next time you're, you're, you're really frustrated at an employer or an employee. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God, that He can get you through that. There's a promise attached to that. Now, the curmudgeons amongst us want to dismiss that. Oh, you know, that doesn't apply to us. That doesn't apply to that. It doesn't apply to hitting a three-point shot whenever you see Philippians 4.13 on somebody's sneaker, okay? But it does apply to that person honoring God while they're in that difficult environment, okay, with all sorts of different temptations. That, That individual, male or female, is saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can endure this. I can handle this to persevere. Another verse that we have all throughout our house. Joshua chapter one, verse nine. Instead of living by fear, we're challenged here to live boldly, with courage. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Why? Well, it doesn't have anything to do with you. It's because I'm with you. You don't have to be scared. You don't have to be just totally distraught with your life. I'm with you, God's saying. You can be faithful. Maybe you're dealing with a major life decision. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. That that verse is absolutely for the people of Israel, but the principle and the promise of it is true for us as well. God doesn't want you to be miserable. He doesn't want you to just suffer through life. But as you align your life with his will, he says, I know the plans for you. So don't be worried about not knowing what's going to happen tomorrow or next week or next month, declares the Lord. Because I have plans for you for welfare and to give you a future and a hope. As you deal with tragedy, there's this tendency of ours to presume on God. As we deal with tragedy, there is a tendency of ours to try to connect the dots, but sometimes you just, you can't. Why am I so burned out? Why am I so unhappy? Why isn't this job thing going the way I want it to? Why isn't this situation with my child straightening itself out? Romans 8, 28 gives you some hope. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him. Well, unfortunately, we have to bring today's message to a close. But my hope is that the word that was spoken was an encouragement to you. That's always our hope here at Hope for the Day. Did you know that these messages are recorded at Valley View Christian Church every Sunday?